Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Today we have a very special guest, Nick Silverio. Nick is a renowned dancer, actor, singer, and choreographer. He trained at the Elite Academy of Dance in Massachusetts and graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a Bachelor of Science in Economics and a concentration in Commercial Dance Management. You may have seen him on Saturday Night Live, Westworld, America's Got Talent, and So You Think You Can Dance. On stage, you've seen him in Billy Elliot the Musical, Elf the Musical, and many, many more live shows. He has choreographed for numerous music artists, dance companies, and studios across the U.S. Nick is also co-founder of Artswork, a professional referral network for dance studios and teachers to find work. He brings all that knowledge and experience to the table when he adjudicates dance competitions. So without further ado, let's listen as Nick tells us what adjudicators are looking for when acrobatic skills are performed on the stage. Hi, thank you so much for the warm introduction. I appreciate it. I was lucky to have a, a guidance counselor in college who was like, you can you can actually pursue your own your own concentration. And so um, I knew that I wanted to continue in the dance industry, but having a business degree was really important to me. So I was really thrilled to be able to combine both of my passions. When I was growing up competing, I, you didn't really know what people were looking for in terms of being adjudicated. Um, and also dance is a really subjective art form. It's a sport, it's also an art form. So there's balance there. Um, and so taking that into my life as an adjudicator, I remember being on stage. I remember being like, what do I need to do to get that next level um, and to improve? And the very first thing was actually listening to critiques. Like I, whenever I'm adjudicating, I literally sometimes say, I hope that you're listening to this because I really genuinely think it's going to help you to grow and move forwards. And I know that some people don't always listen to critiques and that is your prerogative, but that's step number one. That's what we're here for. I've been adjudicating uh, since college, so about six years now. Um, I started when I was 20, I just aged myself a little bit. Um, and I judge at least three weekends every year. Um, it depends on you know my schedule. Uh, this year was extremely busy, but between three and six weekends a year. Um, judging is a lot, as I'm sure a lot of people know, but I it's my always one of my favorite weekends of the year. I love seeing how dance changes every year and and dancers get better and be like we thought we were good like I really thought I was like the the best when I was 18 and now I'm watching 12 year olds who could show me up you know seven years ago um so a dance just constantly evolves and gets better and better I love seeing the trends I love seeing what's in and like what's the new thing right now it's contemporary kip-ups um I, there's a lot of of growth that happens and being able to do it year after year you kind of observe those patterns I want you know kids to continue their longevity throughout their career. They don't have to just stop dancing when they graduate high school. I think the biggest misconception is, is the balance of technique and performance. Uh, I think we probably came from a world where technique mattered quite a bit. 
more than performance and it still does matter so much. Um, but when I'm judging nowadays, it is so much more about storytelling. It is so much more about the performer's connection to the piece um, and the appropriateness of technical elements. I I love an Alice turn as much as the next girl, but does that Alice turn make sense given the song, given the dancer, given the story? Um, and so I think there's maybe a misconception that throwing in as many technical elements as possible to demonstrate that technique is to the dancer's benefit, when sometimes it actually doesn't make that much sense. The role of the adjudicator, I think people perceive as just to judge, like just to like make a, a snap decision, put a number to the, to the performance. When I really think the role of the adjudicator is as an educator, like I genuinely am trying to educate and to support and to advise not only the dancers on stage, but also the teachers, the choreographers, the studio owners. Like I'm not always just speaking to whoever's on stage. I'll make comments to, hey, whoever chose this costume, I love this, but can I please the black sock to complete the line to the shoot? Like it is about all of us working together to enhance and to elevate. Even just the smaller awards, like, like special judges awards or choreography awards, the, the verbiage that we choose for those awards matter. Like we, if we mean, you know, dynamic duo, we actually mean like of the 35 junior duets we saw today, this was the most dynamic in terms of choreography and performance. So that actually means a lot and I hope is digested. My number one thought about judging actual acro dances, which by the way, when I get to judge acro dances, I am as somebody who came from an acro background, thrilled. I'm just absolutely like, I'm obsessed with it. I love seeing it on stage. I love seeing dancers training in acro dance. Um, it is such an applicable skill, especially for those people who want to pursue professional dance. That's all I ever get asked to do is like tinsicas. No one ever asks me to do anything else but a tinsica. Um, and so I, I, my number one thought in terms of judging acro dance is the latter part of it, which is the dance. Um, so often I will see acro dances that are really strong acro, really strong tumbling, but actually do lack the dance element. And that is such an important part of it as an adjudicator at a dance competition are those transitions are making everything seamless because while I love a standing back tuck, how do we get there? How do we get out of it? Um, and how do we continue to tell the story throughout all of that? So it's a pretty big ask, both choreographically and for a dancer. Um, but I think the dance part of, of acro dance sometimes is an opportunity for growth. Um, the second part of it is, and I'm seeing more of it, is the partnering, especially in groups, group dances and lines. Um, there's so much potential there to see incredible acrobatic partnering work that we don't always get the opportunity to see. And I think um, it's a specific skill. It's really hard to teach. You, it's it's a, a safety concern. Um, it requires very clear trust between performers. Um, but when it happens correctly, it's just chef's kiss to be able to see that, you know? I love seeing an acro skill in another genre, whether it's contemporary or jazz or lyrical, sometimes tap, I'll see some crazy acro skills, which again, may be a safety concern, but good for you for the risk. Um, and I think the number one priorities with acro skills in, in other genres of dance are A, truly safety. Um, if a performer is not hitting it nine times out of 10 in studio, it should not be in their competition dance. Uh, period, it's not going to benefit them. Um, best example, 
a dancer is doing a side aerial. Um, if a dancer isn't is five out of tening in studio, I don't think the side aerial should be in their solo. Putting a hand on the ground, it shows me that you're working on a skill. But when we're at a level where we're competing against other dancers and for ourselves, really, um, you want to be putting your best foot forwards. And so not completing a skill doesn't benefit you. If anything, it might hinder you in terms of a score. So I think safety and completion is like the number one, because number two, if it's not in the acro category, it's not really going to benefit your score. It's not going to benefit really anything. So um, I think it's always a lovely plus to see some sort of acrobatic element. Um, if it's not completed safely, then I, I don't think it should be in the piece. I judge a million different kinds of stages. They're ridiculously huge and ridiculously small. And it also makes a difference if it's a built up stage versus an actual theater stage. Um, so I think preparing your dancers for any of the situations is the, just the best thing you can do. I would say in the studio is your best friend. Obviously, I assume we're rehearsing these dances by the end, you know, facing away from the mirror, um, doing what we can to make sure people are prepared. Um, I would say if you're concerned about that issue, practice the dance in studio and set boundaries, literally stage right and stage left and up and down stage where they cannot exceed these boundaries and see how that affects the dance and make those adjustments if necessary. You know, if the wings are a lot closer or you have less depth, you can replicate that in studio and give the dancers the opportunity to practice that. I remember my studio that I grew up at did a, a silk number um, that was just so stunning. I think it's such a rarity that for an adjudicator, if I see an aerial, you know, prop coming on stage, I'm like, oh, 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 here we go. Like, I'm just absolutely giddy because it is such a specific and niche skill that, by the way, is like the most highly sought after for, for professional dancers. Like, if you can do silk work or hoop work, that skill set is ridiculously valuable. The number one is, you know, completion of skills. Um, I, I, everything, like the cleanliness, the safety of it. Um, I really do like, I mean, not in aerial skill, but the probably the biggest critique that I give any given weekend is a front walkover, just following the arms up over at the end, you know, biceps by the ears. I give that critique a hundred times a weekend, not even kidding. So I think that applies to any, you know, any dance that has acro stance, has, has aerials, has hoops, is just completion. That is just the number one um, for me. And then number two is the integration of the aerial skills within the, within the, the broader dance. Um, it's not just a demonstration of technique. Best example, it's not just like a balance beam routine. You know, it is a floor routine. We have dance elements. We're telling a story. There's personality. Um, so it makes a huge difference how it's integrated. We only want your dancers and studios to succeed. Like judges and adjudicators, are, we're so blessed to even have the opportunity to get to watch dance. And I know it's it's a big job and we're watching 500 numbers, 600 numbers sometimes in a weekend. Um, but in, every time I see an acro dance come on stage, I'm just simply thrilled because I know how hard these dancers are training to figure out all these skills and to get to that next level and to keep growing. Um, so just know that it really is a step-by-step -step process and it doesn't happen overnight. Every day in studio, every minute, every hour makes a difference. And so being patient with yourself, with dancers um, and 
I think the best example is to say, where was I a year ago, right? Where was this dancer a year ago? She didn't even think she could do a round off and now she's working on a tuck. Like that full length of time progress, that's where you really see the reward. Um, so, I mean, I co-founded Artswork during COVID um, as a response to everything shutting down, and it has since become a much more long-term endeavor, um, really to bridge the gap between dance studios and teachers. Um, we observed that studio owners, especially who are superheroes, like if there's any studio owners like listening right now, superheroes, anyone who's operated a studio during the pandemic is a rock star. Um, and one of the biggest pain points is really finding valuable, qualified, available talent to actually educate their students. Um, and so there's a huge gap there. People are using Facebook, people use word of mouth. Um, there's a, it's a lot of work on, on their plate. And so arts work bridges that gap with this network um, of thousands of dance educators and artists, um, as well as adjudicators who have that experience um, and connects them to studios for subs, for weekly classes, for master classes. And right now we're really in the thick of booking everybody for summer intensives. Um, so we have been so excited to grow as a business, especially the last quarter, um, to really not only get dance teachers, you know, working again, because artists have had a pretty tough two years. And so for professional dancers, teaching is often the best side job, um, but really helping studios. We, we didn't expect to be such a source of value for studios, but it has been such a pleasure working with studio owners in, uh, in helping their students to keep, keep working and growing. For studios, um, you know, it's so easy to just submit your inquiry to Artswork. You let us know exactly what you're looking for. And then we, you know, span our network and give you the best possible options. Um, for teachers, you know, you are the options. So we want to know everything about you, uh, your certifications, the styles you're comfortable teaching, um, where you're located, uh, any information that is valuable. Um, and then we, you know, take those two parties and we say, here's a perfect match. And that's what's been working. Um, so we, we hope to continue growing and being helpful. Helpful, but especially in the realm of acro dance, we get those inquiries all the time. I get asked, can I please, I, we need an acro teacher, even just, you know, a sub who can come in on Thursday and spot some back handsprings. That is such a big ask nowadays, and it's really valuable to have that skill set. In the last, you know, school year and this comp season, um, we've booked hundreds of teachers to studios, um, and those teachers have made tens of thousands of dollars, which is like, from a, from a business owner perspective, just so exciting to see people working. Um, I, I met a girl last week, actually, who I've never met in person, but she's on Artswork. And she was like, Nick, you're, you're my number one employer right now. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but you're my, literally my number one employer from all the subs that I'm doing and the choreography that I'm setting, um, which I just think is so special. Yeah. And then from a studio perspective, um, hearing studio owners just just be like, I don't know what I would do. Like I, my first thought when I need a sub or I need a new ballet teacher is to ask arts work because they know that we're going to provide a qualified available option. So um, it's been really cool to keep growing. We're definitely um, primarily located in, you know, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, but we've been booking teachers, especially for summer intensives all across the country. Um, and, you know, for those more specific markets, it's really hard to find talent. And so we're building those more specific markets for both sides of the marketplace.
Studio owners, if you're looking for any teachers for summer intensives, for subs, for weekly or master classes, um, we've got a link for you can go to to just enter any information that you need to. Um, it is, yes, tinyurl.com backslash hire artsworkers. Um, and that link, you can enter any information for literally any teachers that you're needing. We'll receive it immediately and get back to you ASAP. Um, and for studio, uh, for teachers, um, if you're interested in getting hired for either flexible work or like recurring work weekly, um, you can do the same. It's tinyurl.com backslash dance educators. And we've got a quick onboarding form to learn everything we possibly can about you. And from there, we just start making those matches. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I hope it was valuable for anyone listening. Nick Silverio, thank you so much for your dance adjudicator words of wisdom. Believe it or not, everyone, we are starting to plan for 2024. If you have a guest that you would like to hear on the podcast, please email admin at acrobaticarts.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.